0: You want it all? Yep. He wants it all. He wants it all. Beautiful. (laughs) All right. Congratulations. Maybe a nice six-footer to put it under, huh? (laughs) You want a tree? Yeah. (laughs) I'll tell you what. I'll I'll give you the best tree I got in a lot for nothing. (laughs) Hey, thanks. But the shit's gonna cost you, uh, a hundred. What, that much? Hey, you said you liked it? That's a fair price. Yeah. Yeah, hell, you only live once. (laughs) (laughs) Get this together here. (laughs) 20, 30, 60, 70, hey, what the fuck? Hey, 95, 90, Hey! Eight.
1: Come on, shut up, man. I'm losing count.
0: 93,
1: 94,
0: 95, 96. Forget it, you dumb shit! 100,000! 100,000 dollars! Did you hear what he said? 100,000? I'm, I'm sorry, I can't afford that. Not on my salary. But look, i tell you what, I got a better idea. Here. Uh, let me say, I, uh, I take the whole stash off your hands for free. And you assholes can go to jail. What do you say about that? Do you expect me to talk?
2: Another episode, episode number two hundred and four of Do Expect to Talk. I'm Becca, and as always, joined by my fellow co-hosts, my fellow cops, Chris and Dave. How are you both?
0: Uh, good evening, folks.
1: I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> You're Hopefully, week... we're not getting
0: too old for this shit. You're a week older as well than when you first said that, so you really too old <laughs>
1: for
2: it now. <laughs> no, you are getting too old
1: for this shit. I'm yeah. increasingly too old. For... Yeah, well, you know, Danny Glover's like said this one like
0: from for about a decade, has not he? <laughs>
2: That's pretty much That's, his catchphrase now, it, since this movie. It does movie. make
0: me wonder if, if there's a fifth... Because the, the character's older than the actor. Like, yeah,
2: he was like playing a 50-year-old and he was like 40 or 40-something 40 at the time or something. I
0: think he was in his early 40s, I think. I'm just going to have a look, actually. Fun fact. Danny Glover was born in 1946, so I dare say he was like like 40 for the most of the yeah. filming of this. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah so right. I mean,
0: in real time, the character's about 80-fucking-4 now. <laughs> 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 um, but Danny Glover isn't. And they still talk about Leave Weapon Five and like Jeez. Okay.
2: Apparently. <laughs> yeah, even though they done a series, are they gonna are they gonna come back Bush come back and do another one?
0: Apparently so, but the other thing is Richard Donner is ninety this year. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> Very old to be directing, but you know, hey, if they can do it, fine. i you know, I'll watch it, why not? Legend. Uh we've just given it away, but what are we covering tonight, Becca.
2: Yes, but last we are finally starting a new Review series with Die Hard? No. Um, <laughs> Lethal Weapon, starring Mel Gibson. Danny Lethal Berman, Hard. Dallina, Tracy Die <laughs> Grand Nice and go.
1: Die Weapon.
2: <laughs> well, there, there's a there's a through line between the two films, uh, and I was going through some fun facts, and I noticed the the kind of. um comparison between the two so i thought that was quite interesting but no we are finally getting around to lethal weapon movie series i cannot wait i know chris you're a big fan Dave, you're a big fan i know we have also got various listeners like neil uh, ken um and lots of other people who, are, who have been eagerly anticipating us to review this series so I here we are say, at last I, I, enjoy I, I,
0: would say I am a big fan actually i think my, my history with uh, lethal weapon is i genuinely can't remember when i first saw it I don't think it was a particularly old film when I did. I think I saw it before Lethal Weapon 2 was a thing, so I must have seen it within 2 years of its release. I don't remember when I first saw Lethal Weapon 2. I saw Lethal Weapon 3 on video when it was about a year old. I saw Lethal Weapon 4 at the cinema in 98. Mm. Um, and I've always had a bit of I've always had a bit of a love-hate relationship with Shane Black. I I he gets venerated as this you know, incredible professional and great writer. And when I look through his stuff, it's okay. You know, it's okay. Um, th- the best thing he ever wrote for me is Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. But, um, you know, I don't think his Iron Man film was particularly good. I think it was um, interesting. He tried to do something different. I think the Christmas fetish does my fucking head in. Yeah, one of
2: his films um, at
0: Christmas time. Yeah, you know. Um, uh, the Predator was a terrible film. Um, and he's now writing uh, a Doc Savage film.
2: He's, so. he's sort of known for this buddy cop genre, isn't he? He's kind of sort of pioneer, buddy cop yeah, action well, movie. Yeah, well, he did
0: the last Boy Scout. He did the last action hero. He did all four of... Well, no, he didn't do all four of these. He did... He wrote the... He wrote the he, first one, did the story for the second. Yeah. Then he's just and it. then and he walked wrote...
2: away. I thought, this is
0: ridiculous. Yeah. Well, yeah. Wrote, he... So he mommy, wrote it... kiss goodnight. Um, he wrote Iron Man as well as directed it he wrote The Nice Guys which I st- uh, yeah I've still not some- seen that,
2: I, I'd like to see it I've,
0: we I've did still not seen a, it sadly but
2: it's on my list
0: when we did our summer review uh, I think it may have even been the first one we did yeah uh, Chris had seen it, I hadn't uh, seen, I've since seen it and thought it was fine and that's how I am about a lot of Shane Black stuff he gets venerated and he's fine um this film is is better than fine, but I, I just think if you could have put two different leads in it and had nowhere near as, as good a result, it it's all on the quality of the two lead performances. Um, what the film does, though, is, is balance. We'll get into it more in, in sort of opening thoughts, but it balances tone very well. But we'll come on to that. So, yeah, I wouldn't say I'm a big fan of it, but I think of of the two films from around this era that are venerated, particularly by our generation, where there's... I think they are responding to quality but there's also a bit of nostalgia in it it's this and Die Hard and I've always preferred this to Die Hard Die Die Hard is one of those films that I can see its influence I can see why it made Bruce Willis an even bigger star because he was already a TV star from Moonlighting Um, and we'll revisit those films at some point because Chris would want to cover them I want to cover them but I actually think the first one is a tad overrated I think the third one is, is really good and the rest of them, I couldn't give a shit about, to be honest. They're not. They're yeah, not particularly. It's they're quite not particularly good. sort of
2: movies where it is, you know, it is an action classic, definitely. But it's one of those films that, you know, people come out and are like, oh, unpopular opinion, it's overrated. So it tends to top those yeah. lists.
0: I've always preferred *Lethal Weapon*. I just think that, that obviously because it's a two-hander, you've got the chemistry between the two. Chris mentioned a little while back about uh, Danny Glover being really great in it, and I'd more or less forgotten that because it's the less showy performance of Boise right. Um, yeah, it's very really, unstated. Really Chris, what's your history with the Lethal Weapon franchise?
1: Uh, well,
0: pretty, I
1: think it's kind of similar to you. I can't remember the fun I first watched it. I mean, obviously, but obviously I, I know I definitely watched it on ITV on Saturday night sometime because it, it seemed to be one of those films that that seems to be quite regularly on. So I think that's where my most of my association comes from. Really. Ah,
0: yeah, so you had lots of, like, fun, you melon farmer, that sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like, you know, when you actually sort of watch the... At home release you go ooh <laughs> they've
1: they've edited this down haven't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was it, it. It just became a bit of like a a staple really. You, you can't really, I couldn't really sort of. It just always seems to be one of those films that's always there. So, so I can't. Don't have really have a vague memory. I know I, know I probably saw Leaf Weapon* two probably a bit late one like night. It was on TV in the early nineties. Um, and then I'd see the fourth one in the cinema. Uh, but yeah, no, that, so that's that's my general history of it. The only thing that sort of came a bit more of like a religious thing is I always double bill this around Christmas time with Die Hard. <laughs> that, that's, that seems to be like, the two 80s action films set around it's Christmas funny, time. It's
0: funny, Die Hard's the one that you always get the very lazy conversation is it a Christmas film every year? Yeah. I don't mind the conversation, I mind that we've been having the conversation for 30 fucking years now. <laughs> um I don't give a what, shit. It's what gets me But what that scene is a Christmas film whereas this one never gets mentioned in the same breath, yet it's literally Well exactly, Christmas. it's it's the same,
2: isn't it? It's... Yeah. I mean th- what
1: what annoys me about all of that conversation with Die Hard now is like it is before I, I probably would have been one of those people who said, Oh yeah, it's a Christmas film not knowing it not with with given that like no one's really saying it out you know, mm. out loud and just kind of like, Yeah, well to me it's Christmas. Now what? it seems to be Every fucking time like, everyone's coming out of it. But the thing that annoys me more than anything is like it's just, just saying, Oh yeah, it's a Christmas film without actually sort of coming up with any sort of what makes a Christmas film well what and doesn't make Christmas It's supposed to be a, Christmas film. Christmas, like is a lot of Christmas film. I mean that it has nothing to do with Christmas but it you know, it, it could be considered one um you yeah. know is it films set yeah. at christmas is that or does it have any, any themes mm-hmm. now you could now I, could, I actually can justify why die hard is you could justify die why die hard is a christmas film and i can also i can justify why this is classed as a christmas film because you know mm-hmm. it follows the same sort of thing you know like a lost man finding solace fi- finding like a meaningful life embracing mm-hmm. uh, friendship with a, a new family do you know what i mean it's like that kind of finding the, the, the warmth of um, of, of a warm family, family home, and then having them embrace this like guy who's like lost due to like some tragedy, and sort of brink of like you know suicide, is kind of, is kind of mended by like you know the warmth and of embracing a new family. Do you know what I mean? So, there is, there is a Christmas story He, 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 he can sort of talk about *Lethal Weapon* without all the sort of the, the action scenes and, and all that kind of thing, and sort of you could probably describe it as a. You know, a film that a story that would justify thing. Oh, I can, I can see that being a Christmas film. Do you know what I mean? So, in some way, I think I think *Leaf Weapon* is probably more justified than *Die Hard*.
0: But um... I do, um, I, I do personally. But um, I, I mean, my, my take on Christmas films has always been what is. It's a personal thing. There, there are yeah. films that are. I mean, *It's a Wonderful Life* is a flashback being told on Christmas Eve. But the vast majority of the film is just the, the running of his life. It's got nothing to do with Christmas. You only see the tree in a couple of, of, of sort of sequences. Uh,
2: Christmas but is always it, like a sideline. It, it's yeah, you know, almost uh, incidental. Uh,
0: you know, obviously something like Christmas Vacation, of course it's a Christmas film. But anything else, I think it's... What, what does it mean to you? I watch on A Majesty's Secret Service every Christmas, I, I don't, but I don't think that's in public consciousness as a Christmas film. But mm-hmm. it is to me. It's set. It's set around Christmas, or at least certainly the the sort of the the main bulk of the and then film you've got is.
2: Films like, it's whatever you
1: um... want
0: to watch for Christmas. <laughs> That's basically it. Sorry, Becca.
1: Yeah,
2: of course. No, this is, exactly, and you, you know, it You do have. I mean, that there's always like every year you're going to get that argument, especially on social media. You know, is our films like the Weapon*, *Die Hard*, for example, a, a Christmas film? I mean, you, you could even you could even argue that. You know, like *Mighty* for example is as a is not at the forefront of the public consciousness certainly in, in the bond fandom it is, but in the wider movie going world there's maybe like a little known Christmas film what's the bond film which just happens to be set around Christmas time mm. um but then you've got films like Nightmare before Christmas, where is it Christmas or Halloween it, you know it covers all the all the seasons all the genres all the holidays and again
0: it 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 it's certainly in this country where things like thanksgiving aren't isn't a thing yeah well I, I'd be Quite happy to watch things like planes, trains, and automobiles at Christmas because it's about going home for the holidays. Yes, yeah, it, 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 it's a holiday. It, it's a um, It doesn't film. really matter what well, winter it's autumn, but there's snow and it doesn't matter which holiday it is. It's a wintry holiday. Yeah, round I think, work, would work around Christmas. I just think I've got no problem with the debate over whether these things are Christmas films or not, but every year it comes about like, and the, the people talking about it think they've come up with some weird, funny, interesting take. And it's like no, this this conversation is incredibly stale now. Mm. Um, but Lethal Weapon is set at Christmas. I can't speak for the sequels. I don't think they are.
1: No, they're not. Uh, um, they're not sequ- I think I, I think Lethal Weapon is set around. Oh, I can't remember it. I, I think it's might set around one of the holidays, but I can't really remember. It might be Thanksgiving. Yeah, but I'm yeah. not entirely sure but I don't Becca, think, it's really, share, share I don't
0: think your, it's really mentioned. Becca, share your extensive history with the uh, Lethal Weapon franchise.
2: I saw this film last week. Um, and I was just thinking, is, is the other reason that the other ones aren't shot, at, aren't shot aren't on set on home Christmas is because Shane Black, didn't, Black write didn't write them.
0: Write the
2: yeah. yeah, that's, that's why what I didn't I write think. them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I um the newbie. is always, it's those sort of films that's always been on my list um, to see, right, I must get around to watching them one day. I must do it. No, and then when we years ago when we decided to cover them for this, I thought right, snap up a box set, and I just save it, save it, save it, um, and then fi- we finally got round to it. Apologies for the delay. Um, so yeah, I watched it last week. Um, yeah, fantastic. Um, I can, you know I can certainly see why it's it's you know, a classic that it is, and why it casts a long shadow over over kind of the um, the action and body cop genre. It's definitely um, a pioneer film in in that regard. Um, chemistry between the two leads, fantastic. I've do find Mel Gibson a bit difficult, especially some of his later movies, um, but I have enjoyed his various works as an actor, a director, a producer. Um, yeah, fantastic. I can, like, you know, all the action films that kind of followed since, especially sort of in the 80s and uh, late 80s, early 90s, um, as we mentioned, like Die Hard and also Nice to Kill, which we we loved over many years ago. Um, you can definitely see that through line. And indeed, any kind of buddy cop movie now that, you know, they're still various homages um and tributes and you can you know as i said at the top of the show there is that through line um specifically of films of that genre um so i can definitely see the influence there
0: I mean, has there ever been a cop film since this where one of them isn't like unconventional? Yeah, there's always breaker. one who's like
2: who's the straight man, and the other one who's slightly crazy, or off the rails, or is, they're basically kind of opposites attract pretty much. There's like the crazy one and the straight-faced one, you know. It's, it's the odd the odd couple, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much?
1: it's like the you know, it's like comedy duo. You have to like have a straight man for for it to work. I mean, I suppose, yeah, you have be, the crazy man. I mean, the if man. if you had both like um, both cops who were both straight, it would just be a bit.
0: That's a bit boring, isn't it? Boring, yeah, be like dull. I'm still waiting for the 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 live action Max Power film where he throws the bullet back at someone. (laughs) Yeah, cannot
2: wait for that. Oh my god, that was like one of my favourite episodes.
0: But yeah, I mean, I in in terms of my my first thoughts, I just I had a really good time with it. Um, It's so of its time. From from the mullet to the the sexy sax music to the loud fucking music playing oh, over the shit. opening credits. That's
2: the most '80s, one of the most um, things ever, isn't it? Oh my gosh!
0: It, it really is, and uh, I must say, some of the action near the end does start losing me. But for two thirds of the film, it's absolutely great. I forgot how charismatic an actor he was at, at, in his youth, Mel Gibson. He was uh, very early thirties here. I think he was about thirty filming this.
2: Yeah, was so uh, really magnetic. So this is one of his first like big major roles, was not it? I think.
0: Well, I mean, you're forgetting Mad Max, the Mad Maxes, which oh, yeah. started yeah. small. Uh, yeah. Mad Mad Max was a very small budget film, but the the second one became a cult hit, and the third one was quite a big sort of release. Um, first thing I ever saw Mel Gibson in, or the earliest thing I ever saw him in, was a film called Tim. Um, which was made in the 70s. I think I'm pretty sure he was either a teenager or very early in his 20s at that point. And it was about... um oh, 1979. Remotiv- so probably about 22 filming it. He's got... Um, he, he's sort of... He's developmentally delayed. And it, it's just about his life. I, I do remember his... Um, mother dying and it's my mother like a heart attack in it or something like that but um that was the first thing i ever saw him in you're probably right to say this is the film where he absolutely exploded but literally i I, I, it would be hard to argue he wasn't a star at this point
1: he's probably a name but this is probably what made him
2: like on a list yeah yeah kind of launched launched um his career a bit further
0: if you look at the films before this really i'm not looking at his filmography but i'm just sort of looking at the sort of the general outline and i've got you have obviously got the mad max series um i've still only seen the first two of his three i had never seen beyond thunderdome uh he did a film called gallipoli that's a peter film. peter weir's um went to do loads of stuff, actually. He went on to do The Mosquito Coast. He went on to do uh, Master and Commander, which is an amazing film.
2: Yeah, that's a truly epic film. Oh, it I'm surprised not adapt so we we any more but...
0: cover it, but, uh, That's a really great film. That's a Peter Will film. Um, and he did, he did a film called The Year of Living Dangerously. Uh Linda Hunt won Best Actress or Best Supporting Actress at the Oscars playing a man. She played a man in that film. Um, it was he was like a, a journalist and it was set somewhere, I think it was in the Far East or something. Mm. I, I struggle to remember it. But that film was won awards. And he was in like a Mutiny on the Bounty sort of film with um, Anthony Hopkins as well. Mm-hmm. So he was somewhat a star. But that yeah, this this pitched him into a different level of fame altogether.
1: Yeah I know, uh, Mad Max Beyond Thunder was actually uh, before Weapon so... Yeah 1984 ah. Yeah so um, yeah
0: he... I can't think of that film without thinking of the Tina Turner song because it was just all over the place mm. when the film was out. Doesn't know that it's uh, got her in it as well.
2: <laughs> it's what, he was in Chicken Run, oh my gosh that's a great film, <laughs>
0: off topic Yeah he's been, it, yeah what was he called, Rocky I think
2: that's actually a really good film.
0: I think that is a play on Mo- Max Rokitansky.
2: It was, yeah. I think they, they got him into um, that. So we may cover
0: um we may cover the Mad Max films at some point, um because I can barely remember the first one. Uh, but the the, 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 the first one's like,
1: really kind of exploity kind of film. It's a very
0: low budget like, exploitation. Yeah,
2: complete exploitation.
0: The low budget. It's a low budget little actioner, really. The second one is is the closest to sort of... Um,
1: Fury Road, really.
0: Yeah, it's the closest to Fury Road. One, one long chase film, really. But really incredibly well done. Um, but yeah, this is the film that made him a star. Obviously directed by Richard Donner, who we've covered uh, for Superman. We may cover the Omen films one day, who knows. Um, th- those are the things he'll be remembered for. Although I didn't realise he made the um, Richard Pryor film, The Toy. Which I found quite funny, actually. And he made Scrooge as well, obviously.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, He's got quite a collected uh, CV, hasn't he, Richard Donner? Yeah. He
0: did yeah, Dooney as yeah, well, yeah. which it's we're quite not fans of Yeah, quite ranging so... Yeah, Not particularly
2: two... tied down to, like, any genre and there's can handle a, lots of different there's things.
0: There's not a very high number of films in, in there, either. Like, he did his first film in 1961, seven years till he did his second, a year till he did the next one, then seven years before he did The Omen. Only
2: really quality rather than quantity.
0: Yeah, or, or a bit although, of both. Although I really don't like the Goonies. <laughs> um, I really don't like it. No,
2: um, it's, kind I of actually, known, for, it's only known for like genre
0: movies. Surprisingly, it got slaughtered by critics, but I did quite like his Maverick film. I quite enjoyed that as well.
2: Don't I see? I don't have a very good memory of that. I maybe need to watch it again. But I think that was kind of like my my leaving point, unfortunately. Yeah,
0: um, I remember enjoying true. that too. He did conspiracy uh, theory as well. With, maybe I need to it
2: again. Perhaps I'm, yeah. I'm misremembering. Oh well, never mind.
0: Um, and yeah, Lethal Weapon is apparently the fifth one is happening, but we'll we'll see. Uh, the last film he made was it was 15 years ago, Sixteen Blocks.
2: That's crazy.
0: A, a Bruce Willis film, but he has worked multiple times with um, Mel Gibson. He clearly enjoyed working with him.
1: Um, he did uh, Lady Hawk as well.
0: I don't know if oh, I've seen the that. Is that Rodger Hauer? That is, yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer.
2: Maybe we should do a Dono retrospective. Well, Kicking oh, off from our Superman.
1: Well, we'll have covered most of it by
0: then. <laughs> we'll cover most of it by then. We'll, we'll, let's say I'm, I'm up for doing The Omen at some point. Um, Maybe a Halloween special. Remake.
2: Ooh.
0: So we'll see. Um, I mean, we know what the what our next few are. Before we go any further, we'll just quickly actually recount that. Let me just go and find the list. Maybe we, we should
2: do a uh, Halloween movies as well as Christmas movies.
0: or Oh, I thought you meant the Halloween franchise. Sorry. Oh um,
2: no, can yeah. if you want, I don't yeah. mind.
0: I um, do the, about as much as I can stomach. We've got Austin <laughs> Powers next. Or maybe we um, could do
2: pick a Halloween movie, pick a scary movie to do in the yeah. Halloween season.
0: The next four series are after this. We're going to whip through the Austin Powers films just as commentaries. Uh, then we're going to do the X-Men series. Mm. Uh, then we're doing the Bourne films. Mm. Then we're going to do all the Westerns. We're finally going to do the only Westerns. We've been talking about it for five years. All of it. And then we've got talking. And I think that will probably see out this year, to be honest. Yeah. We'll Die Hard is a few entries further down than that. But, yeah. So we'll do them at some point. But... um. So, uh, it's almost a redundant question, though. Chris' first thoughts on *Lethal Weapon*.
1: Uh, well, I think i will go let Becky go first because I'm more interested to see what uh, a first timer. Oh God. You. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um... <laughs> okay, it's you know obviously late
2: nineteen eighties. Um, aspects of this film yes, mullets. dated. Mullets, mustaches, yes. Okay, yes, mullets, mustaches brick phones i've got a fun fact about the phone coming up later on um and yeah it's just one of the most 80s movies i have ever seen in my entire life um obviously big trigger warning um this film famously opens with a suicide scene um so it was obviously a little little bit of a warning for that as well um so i thought you know it's quite 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 bold and yeah and
0: it's not even side boobs. It's it's, whole it's
2: actual boobs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's <more> frontal. <laughs> but the, it's a very a, a, the eighties. I've said this before. It was like the first time that they could do all this stuff and they were going to. So well, exactly, violent, yeah, that, violent that films are, are even more violent than they need to be. And if they exactly. can post nudity, and they will. This film is like going out of its way to get its certificate. Really, that exactly. woman at the start of the film, just to the side, in case I forget. The woman who kills herself, uh, Amanda Hunsaker Played by Jackie Swanson Best known as Mrs Woody Boyd In Cheers
2: Well how about that, it all comes no, back uh, around no, doesn't She
0: it? was a slightly dim, entitled um, uh, com- Comedic character And yeah, she's like You know porn Exploited porn actress here And did you notice Grandel Bush as well
2: Yep, yeah, I did mention that earlier
0: Oh sorry No that's uh, okay yeah, he's he's not in not in it much, but whenever no, he... I see him, I obviously think of Licence. Oh,
2: Licence to Yeah, that's why i said
0: Licence kind of to he, always pops up in these type of films, though. He's in Die Hard as well. He, he um uh, he was in Police Squad as like a boxer. Mm-hmm. I, I remember. I've
2: got a kind but, yeah. of funny. Well, it's not kind of funny story because obviously we had the obviously our, our James Bond Radio South Coast group, and then I think we received a request from from him to join, but I I kind of thought it was spam. I thought it was somebody pretending to be him so I, I don't think we let him in so I'm sorry Grand Ole Bush if you're listening you can send us another application and you can join but yeah I thought it was somebody pretending to be him I thought no I can't
0: believe him and if you, if you are listening hand the queen a hobnob her, husband's, a, her <laughs> husband's in hospital she needs a bit of a that's a biscuit by the way American, this it's not, it's, careful it's, careful it's not her husband's in hospital hand her your knob that's not what I meant
2: <laughs> yeah but yes, this also, this also features a random brush from License to Kill.
0: So. I to pick hobnobs of all the fucking biscuits I could have named.
2: <laughs> yeah. you, you know, Bourbons are, you know, are
0: our national biscuit. Well, I'm, encu- I'm not. Yeah, they're the official biscuit of Do You Expect us to Talk, but I'm not encouraging.
2: Dave, will you be serving them at your wedding? That's the most important question.
0: Oh, good question. Yeah, if I'll, you, you don't, bo- do you have a Bourbon cake, I'll surely. I'll have a word. The five-star hotel and see if they do <laughs> Thank you.
2: Thank you. a
1: platter of bourbons Great,
2: well, not any it's been the best ever tasting. Thank you very much. Oh,
0: these bourbons, you are really spoiling us. <laughs> yes. Uh, to
2: be <laughs> honest, right, done. anyone
0: listening, uh, I, I, where I'm getting married is where the G7 summit is happening in June. Well,
2: not at that, the same time.
0: Yeah, not at the same time. I don't want to accidentally marry Joe Biden. Uh, no.
2: <clears throat> Mrs. Biden would the, would agree.
0: Uh, Mario, why not? Anyway, <laughs> um, it was also interesting to see Gary Boosie before he was injured. Yes. It's yeah, I
2: why he was in this film. He's a very interesting actor. Um, I think this film kind of gave his then-failing career a bit of a shot in the arm.
0: Yeah, so we were talking about the dated elements. What did you think about it, apart from that?
2: Uh, yeah, dated. Oh, my God, very 80s. Um, yeah, no, as I said a few minutes ago... Um, you know, any, any sort of action film that I watch now can will have this kind of long, you know, sort of shadow cast over it, definitely. Um, yeah, no, I, I, you know, it was really edgy. You said, it, you know, it kind of, it, just because they could do all these things, have lots of sex, drugs, violence, nudity. Um, sometimes just because you can doesn't always mean that you should. Um, but I think here it's all kind of done for, you know, done for really great effect as well. It's not It doesn't kind of feel exploitative or... Um, just, just for the sake that you can do it you know there's a real kind of meaning behind it um, and I think also because it is so hard because it's so tough and so edgy um, and it's not afraid not afraid to show those those emotions um, and the characters this is going to sound really cheesy but because the characters are so real <laughs> I know that sounds really stupid but um, I do kind of feel obviously whatever flack you might want to direct at uh, Shane Black I mean these characters do kind of feel very three-dimensional you really get that you know, Danny is like the family man and you know he's gonna be retiring anytime soon um and also the scenes where Mel Gibson his character kind of um you know he's he lost his wife years ago he's you know really broken up and you know he kind of contemplates suicide on, on many occasions throughout the day and you just think oh my god this is terrible uh, but then you know that that becomes a, a turning point for him and of, of the end where he kind of gives him that like a hollow bullet and says oh, you know I won't be doing this anymore and that kind of that kind of like, is we, a see, of we see
0: her gravestone at one point. I remember her date of birth being 1954, but I didn't see what the date of death was. How long has she been dead? Do we know? No, it's
2: like 80, like 85 or something like that. Is like. Uh, I'm, just just curious. Curious. I'm just curious. I can't
1: remember, but from memory, I don't, I think
0: it's like like a year
1: year or so, like maybe two years. Okay, yeah, maybe it is. Yeah, yeah, so two years. So
2: 85, is.
0: 86, probably.
2: Yeah, around that time, anywhere somewhere. But yeah, my, my point was that it's still, you know, very, very quite raw, quite raw to him. But it's just those are the kind of scenes that, if it was, this film was made today, it perhaps wouldn't be made in the same way. You'd have to film it differently, I think, or it would be slapped with, a, with an 18 rating.
0: Well, it um, was at the time. Yeah,
2: exactly. But um, it, it just changed really over the time. I,
0: anyway. I think, in certain ways, we've grown up, in certain ways, we haven't. I, I, I tend to think now there'd probably be less nudity in it because Mm. I just think that was a feature of, like, 80s films. I mean, in Robocop, there's a brief shot of tits for no other reason than, this is an 18 and we're going to... Yeah, this is because you can. And I I think there's an element of that to it. I don't think that would be there now.
2: No, I think even though, you know, we we are poor we are more permissive now as society. i kind of think in many ways that we're not we've kind of gone a little bit not, not gone backwards I do wonder if it's more, almost more
0: the, the opposite though that that it's like you do get to a point it's like well, why am i bothering putting that in
2: well exactly this you is know is it, what i mean a point, but i kind of i feel like with, with this film it's all it's all here because it, it needs to be you know it's not gratuitous it's not too excessive um i mean obviously high octane explosions are obviously a great big spectacle for this film and it's known for many you know this series is <laughs> so- is known for its action um and impressive explosion sequences um which are you know really interesting to see um yeah but yeah it's just i i kind of got the impression that it's all there because it you know needs to be and it, it it never once jumps out at me as being like exploitative or gratuitous or just you know just for the sake of it it does really earn its eighteen certificate but but yeah. in a you know in a really um
0: I don't really think it feels particularly exploitative it just feels of its time yeah and no,
2: not do, just the 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 to, yeah of its the time, editorial but.
0: choices and the I think the 18 stuff. 80s, these, these 18 films seem to need to be grown up and the PG-13 existed but studios hadn't sort of cottoned on to the fact that that's what you should chase to make the money um, so it, it's glorious that the I mean I'm, I'm so glad Robocop is exactly as it is I really am but there are elements in a lot of these films that they come out of their time, you know, that, that, that the sort of the amount of violence and, and sex was of the time, really. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm just looking at the said or... that.
2: I enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of the. You know, I enjoyed my time with it and I'm looking forward I to am, the rest of the I series. I don't
0: remember much about them except, you know, batter up.
2: Um,
0: <laughs> I, <laughs> the explaining I... toilet
2: in, in the second film, that's what jumps, sticks in my mind most.
0: Yeah, well, God knows what, why.
1: Yeah, but I just the, think the of weird Picked thing Ball. is, though, I always think of a uh, loaded weapon <laughs>
2: when
0: I think oh, of that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that I did a parody it. of it, but it was on like shooting stars mm-hmm. and it was a what happened next round. And it turns out they're on the you know, one of them's on the loo and it's about to explode and all the rest of it. And they pause it, and it's what happened next. Yeah. And they'd obviously fed like Ulrika the answer or something, because she said, is this the one where they both end up in the bath with pints of bitter? (laughs) And that's exactly (laughs) what it got to. Them sat in the... Um, So I think of that. Looking at the cinematographer, Stephen Goldblatt, he's just looking at how um, uh, eclectic his his stuff is. He did the Sean Connery film Outland, which is great. It's kind of high noon in space. He did The Hunger, the Tony Scott film that really does look like The Red Shoe Diaries. It's a vampire drama that I actually quite like. It's one of the few Tony Scott films I think is all right. He did The Cotton Club for Francis Ford Coppola. He did Young Sherlock Holmes, which had the first CG effect in. Uh, he did all the Lethal Weapons films, but then you've got stuff like Joe vs. the Volcano. He did the two Schumacher Batman films. Oh
2: dear, that's a, yeah, a dip in his um, career.
0: He did some work with Mike Nichols, like that. Uh, that that so. put his uh,
1: his career on uh, on freeze, isn't it? <laughs>
0: Christian. Um, <laughs> the thing is, he also did Rent. Chris I should have said on ice. Every said time I ice. see every time I see Rent, all I think of is Team America. I'm thinking of him <laughs> shooting like everyone has AIDS. <laughs> song. I mean, the, the thing the thing about that though,
1: that gag, it that it works so well because it, it, it pretty much. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. that is pretty much the, the I'm not saying it but that's, probably, that's pretty much the play le-
0: he also lends the film that has the most unfortunate uh title in uh english english uk english um, cuz it's it's the robert redford film our souls at night oh gosh yeah <laughs> that's awful our souls at night
2: basically right?
0: <laughs> uh, so, worst
2: yeah. title
0: ever um i was surprised to find this out of michael caimon score cuz it just I don't know. It, I don't probably because it's been this era has been parodied so heavily that you go back to some of the sort of stuff done straight, and it sounds parody. The amount mm. of silly sax in this is is I think is awful. Sexy sax. Yeah.
1: Well, it's uh, it's kind of it's done with Eric Clapton. The,
0: the yeah. score, of
1: course, yes. Um,
0: Guitar um... by Eric Clapton. Mm-hmm. Now it
1: was, and this is like another Bond connection. I don't know if this might turn you from facts Becker, but it was uh, initially picked because he, Eric Clapton did. Um, oh, sorry, Mark and Eric Clapton actually did a, the score to uh, a British, like, sort of short TV series. that's like a limited, like, six episode kind of kind of thing called Edge of Darkness. Um, oh, and the Mel
2: Gibson made the film. Many
1: years ago. Yeah, but yeah, also the, directed the, the, film,
0: the TV version is Bob, Bob Peck, the Australian actor. Yeah, yep. And that yeah, was Ground directed King's by. Who died? By, really um, I didn't realize that. He died yeah, in... he did. Unfortunately,
1: yeah. he died after Jurassic Park.
0: He died in Kingston upon. He 10. died
2: in the toilet in Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh,
0: but um, yeah, the... Bob Peck and Both... Joanne Wally the TV series. I think I'm right in saying yes, Martin Campbell directed it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So there's so. one connection. There we go. Yeah.
0: But Edge of Darkness was was sort of one of Mel Gibson's earlier sort of comeback films after all the sort of dramas he went through. Um, what's the other one that got made into a, it? was a TV show that got made into a film. Mm. Very similar. State of Play.
2: Yeah.
0: That had... Um, oh yeah, that I've not
2: seen.
0: That was uh, the ben film Ben Affleck, really. That was Crow. like
1: Ben Affleck coming back, wasn't
0: it? State, State of Play, wasn't that... Um, that was um, Russell Crowe, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, but Ben Affleck was in it. It was like, it was kind of, oh, I've not seen Ben Affleck for a while in an acting
0: role. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I still want a Master and Commander sequel. Good night, folks. <laughs> 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 um,
2: that was right. a really good film, though. I don't know why they haven't made, well, there's probably rights issues. Because it costs um,
0: $130 million to make. And
2: yeah, because they're very expensive. But, yeah, hopefully the others will get made as well.
0: <laughs> I heard from Russell Crowe himself, was asked about sequels when they were publicising it, and he said, "I don't know. It's going to have to make a lot of money because this cost 130 million to make." Yeah, it's one of the most
2: expensive films to make at the time, wasn't it? It's
0: 150 million, and it only took it took 211. That, that's Such. not good enough to get a sequel. Having said that, he made some innuendo about making a sequel to it on Twitter about a year ago, and everyone responded positively. And I, I don't know if they were genuinely trying to.
2: No, it's it's one of those kind of underrated movies, isn't it? Like it seemed to really chime well
0: with the public. um, Uh, I I honestly think if if it wasn't the same year as Return of the King, which let's be honest won all its Oscars, yeah, no,
2: the film had a chance.
0: Well, it won all the Oscars almost as a sort of award for the entire trilogy, really. Um, I honestly think the best picture that film that year was Master and Commander, but that's just me. You know. Um anyway, as for this, shall we discuss this film sequentially?
1: Um yeah, I'll give my thoughts. So. <laughs> oh shit. Sure. Shall we discuss I this that...
0: film No let me finish, Chris. Shall we discuss this film sequentially at some point?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine. Um Yeah, so I'll I'll just I think I've got much more to say really. I mean i I think i will most I'll, I'll, I'll talk most of it as we go through it, but, uh, yeah, it's been, like, a staple film of mine. I think it's one of those films I actually kind of liked more as I watched it, like, throughout, and then started watching it with Die Hard. I was like, oh, you know what? I kind of feel like, after watching Die Hard, I feel like watching Lethal Weapon, because it's kind of, you know, carry on in a similar sort of vein. Um, so, yeah, I kind of enjoyed it more, like, like, more on par with it now. Um, so, I I've, after this viewing... It was kind of one. I've always kind of I've got I've got surprised again how uh, how good Danny Glover is actually because you always think Mel Gibson. But one of the things that struck me was Gary Busey. Uh, just kind of struck how he's normally playing the bad guy who's a bit manic and a bit crazy because you know Gary Busey is a bit crazy, especially after his uh, accident.
0: I was going to say his accident was not. I I did look this up because. I, I look it up, and every time I forget and think it's later than it was his mm. accident. His accident was only a year after this came out.
1: It uh, was an accident where he basically should have been dead. It
0: was like uh, He crashed a motorcycle and wasn't wearing a helmet. Yeah. Uh, I just I, I, got... Yeah. I... Smashed his skull. Um, permanent brain damage. and it, Including frontal lobe damage, which is all about sort of behaviour. Frontal temporal lobe. Mm. So... He has impulse control problems and all the rest of it, but he's also got slightly slurred speech and a slightly wonky face, and um, he he obviously can't even begin to think of having the same career he, he had before that happened.
1: Yeah, which is it was just kind of strange. I mean, like I do enjoy watching Gary Busey, especially if he's playing like bad guys. Um, I think the only close, yeah. So I'll so it, it's weird watching this now because he's played very straight he's a very sort of straight almost like no emotion kind of kind of villain yeah yeah less typical what you normally see Gary Busey do I think the only similar one after this was um in Under Siege which was a bit later on
0: yeah Um, well that's a film that shows you the influence of things like Die Hard because that's mm, Die Hard on a boat yeah yeah
1: yeah. Uh but yeah, over that it's quite um it's quite a staple one. Uh I, I you know, I, 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 the 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 Sax is always constantly always think <laughs> when I think a leaf weapon always think of... that kind of uh, that sort of but I think it's I think it's kinda <laughs> best I think the idea of it's meant to be like sort add like a like a filmoire kind of like, you know, like private detective type
0: type vibe. Yeah, it does
2: have that sort of vibe to it, doesn't it, I think.
0: Um Especially... It just seems to be punctuating the film as opposed yeah. to scoring it. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean I I I mean we'll say it does give the film like uh something that stands out. No other film, no other movie franchise has this. Really no, it doesn't have true. this. You um, know
0: when you're watching Lethal Weapon, yeah.
1: So um But, yeah, so from that, shall we discuss this film sequentially?
0: Great idea, Chris. I've not thought of that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Another Bond connection quickly. This was edited by Stuart Baird, who edited a lot. He's best known as an editor. He did have a go at directing with Star Trek Nemesis, which didn't come out too well. Uh, But he did edit. He he has edited in the Bond series as well, including Skyfall. Um, But he also edited Superman, the, the movie. So, yeah, we start with... Do we start with uh we do start with the apartment, don't we? The high rise apartment. So
1: we we have credit and I and I think what's one of the good, good things I like about the film is it it, it jumps I love the the of like jumping straight into like jingle jingle bells rock. Yeah. And you've seen this like sort of sweeping set of um sort of sort of helicopter shot off um of LA at night time and you kinda know this is this is kinda of bit off. It's the disposition of that's that's very
0: 80s as well, though, isn't it? Because the music plays very loud, and you've got like a a sort of a a view above a city, and that is just 80s. That Mm -hmm. is just so how 80s film started. The, The stereotypical example for me, if you wanted to go one film and you go, "That's how an 80s film starts," it would be like the Secret of My Success. Go and look at like the opening credits of that. That's exactly what an 80s film is like. But you know, three men and a baby, all of them were, were like this. But you're right, there's something a bit discordant about it. Not the actual song, but just. It, it, it's just like,
1: no, this is matching. And it's sort of, and, I, and I, that's, I really like that. I really like that sort of vibe. It's like, it, yeah. it, it, it's kind of, this is, oh, it's Christmas, it's a happy time, but something, something's off. Yeah. And, he, and we he...
0: cut straight to a woman who is, is clearly high off her face. Yeah. This is Woody Boyd. Probably had too much jingle bell cock, to be honest. <laughs> uh, yeah, because we later find out she's been exploited in, in the porn industry and all the rest yeah. of it. She's got cocaine, she's got pills. I, I, I love that I've got the synopsis up from IMDb and it says, Well, a blot, a blonde woman lying on bed in a high rise suite dressed in a sheer nightgown, one breast showing. I'm thinking, that's not that relevant for a plot <laughs> synopsis, is it? By the way, I, th- I think we, 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 we see both of them. We do. <laughs> I've seen everything.
1: Uh, <laughs> um, but <laughs> <laughs> and even before she get her knickers off, she's falling off the balcony. Now, uh, one yeah. One of the things I I picked up on was like, and I'm not sure how Richard Donner did it or how we, how it was filmed, but it really does you really do get the sense of that like of this kind of like dream hazy sort of state without it actually being blurry or anything like that. You just kind of get it's like something where it's just cut together or like in my the head shot it's looks
0: s- smoky in yeah. my head it's kind of like a smoky shot. Now, I don't remember if there was any smoking going on in the scene. Probably not. No. It's got it does have this kind of haze over it. But it's not for soft focus because that would soften the effect. It's very it's very it's very well suited to the fact it was shot on film given the era it came from because it's got like a, a a grain of grit to it that, that yeah. would they'd struggle to put there now. Um so it's just like
1: without any words of dialogue or anything like that, you kind of you see exactly what's going on. You, you know, it's like exactly what's happening. You know, you, you kind of get a sense of like how much she's off her face, and she's you know it's not not a case of like oh I'm just gonna I've done i snorted a line of coke and I'm just gonna commit suicide now. You can you can literally tell she is not with it. Um, and then when she does jump off, it's like so how everything just goes silent and you sort of see like the, 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 the buildings, it's almost it does almost feel like a dream. Like you sort of see like the, the, the levels of the of the buildings just sort of like coming down like from like her point of view. Yeah. It's like I think I, that's one of the things that struck me about this. I thought actually that's quite quite really well done. Um, like I you know how he sort of made it kind of very sort of hazy and very sort of dream state like well like and and like showing the viewer, but not
0: in any way. anyone who's not seen this and just listens along with us, we're not romanticising this at all. It, it, no, no, no. Some, it's disorienting it, and it, quite. It, an it,
1: it's really. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm talking about how it's shot, like how it's telling the audience what's, happened, what's happening. Um,
0: uh, yeah, I mean, it, the actress conveys it all through expression and and everything else. You can tell she's hot, you know, really quite messed up, mm. but. If you took that away, and maybe you didn't see the actress's face or whatever, you would still get it from the way it's shot. This this woman is inebriated in one way or another. Yeah.
1: And then um, we cut straight to um, Danny Glover. Oh, she in a off. bath.
0: We see her jump off first, though, don't we?
1: Yeah. Oh, sorry. I thought we got yes, but um, yeah, she she jumps off and.
0: She jumps off and lands on top of a car. Yeah. And um, that really has some impact as well. Hmm. Um, and then it cuts to Danny Glover in the bath. So <laughs> we've had some, we've had some female nudity. It's only fair they throw some male eye candy on. <laughs> yeah, um, he looks pretty buff for someone who's like retiring. <laughs> Do you know he gets more buff as the series goes on? Is it the fourth one? He's he just in boxes on the street. I, I think I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he, 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 yeah. The, the guy's in good shape um but yeah it's his 50th birthday and he's got he's, uh three he's... children he's married mm. um and he's he's kind of, I don't kind of,
1: know is he kind of going through a little bit of a midlife crisis as well like a little bit like he's, he's I've always he's got a beard.
0: It... he's like maybe it's maybe it's the passing of years for me but he's 50 behaving like it's his 60th mm. which is not old in and of itself but you know it, it's like he's right near retirement and he's past his best and stuff like that and fifty's not really that if you're a cop, I wouldn't have thought yeah. uh, but he does seem to be concerned about getting old because he's got this beard and there's like a little sort of uh dig at it turning gray, and the next thing you, next time you see him he's shaved it off mm. um, and then we've got his, to like...
1: he also got his uh, daughter who's like. Jay, uh, with right. eldest daughter, who's like, he's like grown up, and any sort of signs of womanhood, he's he's a bit sort of protective of. Yeah. Uh, so, so he's yeah. like, yeah. Um, but yeah, so. But what I really actually quite enjoy about the the stuff that it's seen is, it's like you, you do get a sense of like, this is like an actual family. I mean, like I, if, if you um, if you if you see the dialogue written down, it sounds probably so conventional. But here, it just feels so, like so natural, like they do just like behave like pe- like people who live lived with each other for a while. Do you know what I
0: mean? Yeah, yeah, that feels like a real family,
1: uh, which is not something you don't often get, especially in like eighties action movies, because because it's because most of the time they're just like, well, get to the next action scene,
0: uh, but. Uh, no, this film is quite content to take its time in quite a short running time. It's only about an mm. hour and three quarters, this film. A little bit more than. Uh, so next we're introduced to Riggs.
1: Yeah, Riggs is just, uh, basically waking up in uh, a little trailer by the beach.
0: His life's a bit of a mess. Mm. And that's, essayed quickly enough. I mean, we're, we're told, like, cops, by and large, over there, public servants generally don't earn that well. But, I mean, Murtagh's got, like, a decent home. And Riggs is in a trailer, and the you know, first thing when he gets up, you know, grabs a cigarette and a beer. Yeah, he's not quite with us, but I don't know if we find out more going forward because I can't remember the sequels. But we don't know much about the circumstances except he's widowed, but and we don't know that at this point.
1: Mm. Yeah. So basically, this is a bit of a mess. Uh, we go see a bit more of uh, Merton and his family. Um, he's like his wife says he's always got like a a message from... I did get
0: I did get reminded of Notting Hill though, just where Julia Roberts character says Mel does his own ass work. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yes, did we see it
1: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Um Yeah so uh yeah so if Roger gets a... like his wife says, Oh um like an old friend uh is it Michael Hudzaka? Yeah he's he's left to he's I we oh it didn't so did
0: Vietnam. Together. Yeah. Um, there's a bit of confusion on how old people are. I mean, we know how old Murtar is. Uh, so, obviously, maybe t- 15 to 20 years before, yeah, he'd have been in Vietnam in his 30s. I'm a bit confused on uh, Riggs because the actor's about 30 filming this and he talks about being in the war and I'm not quite sure what war he's on about. If he was in Vietnam, when was he in Vietnam? It must have been right at the end. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, Huntsucker wants to uh, meet with him. Um, they're all yeah, I'm fr- I,
1: it would be it would be now because um, I suppose he, to finish in the seventies because, because he yeah cause he mentioned like oh I, you know I, I ran into like the pussy saw so you in Saigon I'm pretty sure he, he mentioned something like that it's like that.
0: right I mean it has to be because it couldn't be anything else but at the same yeah. time it's like how old would he, the character have been I think he, because it was such a long war you probably you probably say
1: yeah. Roger was at I, the
0: beginning, I, I, and yeah, Oops. it could have been, couldn't it? It Could have been like twelve, thirteen years. He could have been over there, and and it, his wife was born in fifty four. So, and, he, and Mel Gibson himself is born in fifty six, but there's nothing to say the character's not like three years older, yeah. four years older, in which case he might have been around twenty, twenty one. Yeah, okay, fair enough.
1: And yeah, so the uh, yeah Roger calls uh, gets called for the jumper. Uh, so he's, uh, he's basically Roger is at the scene, uh, and he, he sort of finds out that it is like it's Michael Zucker's it's door, So it's, it's just weird, he's got a message off of Michael Zucker, and then he's like, so he's only just clued on, oh shit, this is like, I know, I know this girl. Yeah.
0: Um, and it actually says in the synopsis here his wife, Vic- Vicky, he calls her. Um... Mm. So she died in a car accident at the age of 31 after they've been married for 11 years. Well, if she was born in 54, that means she died in either 85 or early 86. Mm. So, you know, he's been widowed for somewhere between. Well, it's late. I'm presuming this is late 87 because it's Christmas. So he's been he's been widowed a couple of years at most. Yeah. Um, Is this when we when do we see him stick the gun in his mouth?
1: So this is uh well first we see Riggs at at the tree store. which basically is like front first selling coke. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so yeah, because bear in mind we haven't seen like um we we don't know where Mel Gibson is uh Riggs is at this point we don't r know where he's a cop, we don't know like his kind of lethal tendencies. Um yeah, so this is like the the scene where He's pretending to play to be someone who's buying drugs, uh, and then he's, he's acting all sort of dumb and stuff like that. And then decides to go and arrest them, um, but they end up like sort of trying to kill him. So he kills most of them, and then he gets. Uh, this is kind of where we also see his like almost like suicidal tendencies because he gets he gets he get one of the drug dealers gets a Managed to sort of sneak up on him and yeah. he's like sort of just basically willing the cops to sort of, yeah just shoot just go for it but he yeah. just doesn't seem to care, he's like always like getting a bit unhinged
0: yeah, I mean it, it, it's actually bizarrely sort of making him more effective because he, he can just push further than they'd ever expect him to
1: yeah, so it gets to the point where he just go, he says like, shoot me, shoot me shoot me, and he just goes, oh fuck this and just scraps a gun himself and just nuts him <laughs> so, yeah
0: yeah, uh, I do love that sequence. I love that the funny bit is that they're they're they haggling over cocaine. Yeah, and he says, "I don't know, a hundred or whatever," clearly meaning a hundred thousand, mm-hmm. and he's counting out like twenty dollars. <laughs> <push>. oh, <laughs> yeah. like, Well, "I don't make that. on oh, my salary." <laughs> it's just, uh, uh, oh well, it is Christmas. <laughs> I don't know how much out and out comedy Leo uh, he did. I mean, he did what women want. But Your favourite film? My favourite film? No, that was always a bit of a running joke. I mean, it wasn't my favourite. I complained about the lack of a sequel, but What Men Want has just come to screaming streaming surfaces. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I don't know how much out-and-out act, uh, comedy he's done, really, thinking about it, but he's really good at it. Really good at it.
1: What? Maya, yeah, definitely. He is he's one of these like, all-rounders, though, I think, Well Gibson. He can do pretty much he can do drama. Comedy, action, obviously. Um, he can do crazy as well. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, where, so where, uh, where do we go from here? Um, actually, uh, yeah, yeah. But this, we, this, this is where we go to. Like Riggs, so where we're having like suicidal thoughts, where he's
0: like got the gun, putting it in his mouth, and and he looks so close to doing it as well. Hmm. Um. I mean, that would have been a short franchise. (laughs) (laughs) Credits. (laughs) Credits. Um, Yeah, he's just looking at wedding photos and sobbing, and that just feels so real. And I think in my opening thoughts, I was saying how well this film um, balances tone. Because it's not a comedy, but it is very comedic. It's a funny film. It's got funny interplay. Both leads are really good. In my memory, Danny Glover was the sort of stoic You know, more sour one, but that's not how he plays at all. He's just a bit more responsible than his new (laughs) new new partner. Um, So it's really funny, and and you would think things like this should be given your whiplash. I have complained about clashing tones in films in the past, but it just it all works here. Yeah, I don't know if you agree.
1: Yeah, I don't find any jarring uh, in it at all. Uh, I never really thought about it to be honest though, but um, because. His character at this point is like, because we're already into like dark territory anyway. You know, we've opened with a girl who's like, basically sort of.
0: Jump, jump Perhaps that's right. why it's not so whiplash-inducing. Yeah. You know, because we've been warned to expect dark moments, um, and yet everything in the score and everything is kind of implying there'll be a lightness and fun to this as well. Yeah. So we're primed to sort of swap between these tones. What do you think, Becca?
2: Yeah, I kind of think, at times it does, at times it doesn't. Um, I can see obviously Mel Gibson is the lethal weapon of this movie, as, as you mentioned earlier, Chris. Um, yeah, tonally, this film, it, it just kind of shifts between almost sort of like comedic and then sort of very dark. Um, and sometimes I think it gets that balance right, sometimes it doesn't. But <clears throat> I think for me, it, it's all very much um, this film. That's why it is so hard-edged and has a hard nose to it, because it doesn't it doesn't shy away from those sort of more difficult themes. Um, but this this particular scene, I do feel is balanced really well.
1: Yeah. So he's yeah. So we go go through the the suicide scene, um, and then it's at the the police station, basically where you have uh, the therapist talking with the captain. Yeah. Uh, you know, about, about basically, sort of reaffirming, kind of saying, no, he's you know he's suicidal." Police captain kind of doesn't give a shit. He's like, "Well." <laughs> if he, if he dies he dies whatever <laughs> you know kind of yeah. what you want me to do about it yeah um um and then where does M- uh has a conversation with in his office about like eighties men with one of the cops and uh, yeah. this is where this is where we kind of get told that you know he's going to have a partner he's like what again so like yeah, obviously he's are the one he's like... having a chat with Grandal Bush at that point yeah yeah and, and he's uh... just
0: Grandel Bush that's his name yeah. he'll
2: forever be known
1: <laughs> and um, he's yeah he's gonna like he's gonna be sort of put with, with, a, with a new partner but by this point he's he's, he's clocking rigs and he's like thinking he's this shifty guy and he's, you know, he sitting you him sort of just like casually like, pull out his gun as if like just reloading it he's and he. Tries to jump at him, thinking like he's just about
0: to shoot up the place. Yeah, just gone. <laughs> I mean, Immediately gets his ass handed to him.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, but again, it it just looks. Um, Riggs looks more baffled than anything else. It's not yeah. like he's been triggered into any sort of anger. It's just like you know, and that's his new partner, and that's where you get. Oh, I'm too old for this shit. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh. you're not as old oh. as you think you are. You're, you're convincing <laughs> yourself you're old. <laughs>
1: Um, is is the character older though? Did we establish that? Or
0: the character's fifty. We, we saw yeah. his fiftieth birthday, mm. but I mean the actor's younger. But yeah. even so, fifty is even fifty at this time would have been like fifteen years from retirement. It, it's not. He's not sixty four with a few months to go. He, he's he's probably like someone who is completely
1: conflicted because he, he's, he's obviously he's not like proper retirement age, but he's probably at a standard where he can retire. Uh, he just probably just feels like he's trying to almost like convince himself, I'm too old for this shit. But since I'm not kind of liking growing
0: old. Yeah. So he's. I mean, there's no doubt he's aging. I'm not going to pretend yeah. he's like super young or anything. But uh, as years pass for me, I realised that the character's actually almost like he's older than that. Yeah. But whatever. I mean, it's fine.
1: I mean, you could say, because I think yeah, as much as Riggs ends up finding. Um... What's the word? Uh, 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 what's I What's the word I'm looking for? Just he finds funny. life. He finds life with um, with Murtagh and his family, but at the same time, Murtan finds new, at least a life with Riggs. You know, yeah. yeah they, have, that... they
2: have that kind of rapport, that back and forth with each other, don't they? They they kind of get inspiration from each other. One's kind of like just, it's like you know, one's kind of coming to the end, and the others. On, on the cusp of something else.
1: Yeah, it's like Mertar is on the brink of of something. He's he's a bit tired of of, of it, so it probably feels like he wants to retire. But then he doesn't feel like he's really wants to retire. Do you know what I mean? And Riggs helps him with that because um, it gives him a bit more like, oh, I've got you newly, know, I've got like uh, responsibility. You know, do you know what I mean? I've got like we both depend on each other now. Um, so yeah. anyway. <laughs> Uh, that's that's I think that's probably. Don't we
0: go, go straight out to the man threatening to sort of? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So we have a little conversation in the car, and they're both like at odds, like saying, "Oh, well, I don't really want to work with each other," you know, kind of thing. You know, they think Rick's is kind of draw is trying to pretend
0: to act psycho. Yeah, he he does, impl- he does imply he's trying to get like a psych pension. I think he calls yeah. it, in other words, invalided out of the service, and yeah. getting his pension early. Don't know what the rules around that are, but you get sickness retirement in most sort of Western countries. There's there's similar arrangements here for things like that. And he just thinks he's he's playing and it's the last thing he needs. It's a dangerous job. Um, And particularly the amount of guns out on the scene over there, you know, I can see why this has a heightened level of threat over what it would be, say, here. You know, that this is a dangerous job. You really don't need to be out there with someone who's like, Mind's not on the game.
1: Yeah, yeah. Someone who could be tends to be trigger happy. <laughs> um, that can be, anyway. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's kind of like look. I don't want to be part with someone who's suicidal because he could end up getting me killed as well. Um, so, yeah. So they're doing that. They're both established that they both like, you know, been been at the war. You know, um, and then yeah, they. Well, uh... we yeah we meet. Oh, we meet uh, Mr. Joshua
0: and the gang. Uh, Mr. Joshua and the gang. Not yep, quite well, as good the as way the general gang.
2: <laughs> that sounds like a rubbish name for a band. It yeah. does, doesn't it? <laughs> no offense. I couldn't come up with better.
0: <laughs> right, tell us about Mr. Joshua and the gang.
1: Well, but basically, like, is it? I I forget what the. The bad guy's name, I just refer to him as, like, the general. He's, like, he's, like... Because he's he obviously an old... I've got it in war. front
0: of me, but I have to admit, I wouldn't know if it wasn't in front of me. It's Mr. Mendes. Yes, that's it. But um, I, I would not have remembered that. Um, i he, They go inside to meet um, uh, Peter McAllister. Now, the, the actor that plays Peter McAllister is an actor called Mitchell Ryan, and he's in his late 80s now. He's still alive, but he turned up in loads of things. Funnily enough, uh, Stars just launched over here. It's like an add-on to Disney+, Plus, not in North America, because in North America they've got Hulu. Um, and 24's on there. Mm-hmm. I watched the uh, first series of 24, and he was in that. He was in Gross Point Blank as Mini Driver's father he was in a very early episode of NYPD blue uh he's one of these guys who just turns up in everything and and even when he plays uh good guys he's often uh a compromised or troubled good guy he was william riker's father in star trek the next generation as well and they had a very troubled relationship and he was quite a selfish father and things like that they they kind of figured it out because that's in the nature of that show but they had a very tough relationship um so I just thought i'd i'd sort of give a little shout um. out to mitchell ryan a bit a bit of a sort of uh always the bride'smaid never the bride sort of actor in that he's he's always in little supporting roles in things, but he's always very very good
1: yeah um yeah he's also there's also another actor as well who's like in in this scene he's in lots of stuff um trying to find out what the
0: what was his, uh, what one of the drug dealers? I oh, no, no, it's the
1: guy they're doing the deal with. Um, he's, he's been in lots of stuff. You'll seen him, sure. Edo Ross.
0: Edo Ross is Mendez.
1: No, um, yeah. yeah. Edo Ross, yeah. He, he, he basically played the bad guy in Red Heat. Um, he's, he's been, in been in lots Battle of action film. Um,
0: Universal Soldier, Dick Tracy. Uh another forty-eight hours, which I still haven't seen. I've seen forty eight hours, I haven't seen the sequel. Uh yeah, he yeah. was in he was the voice of oh no, that's all right. He was uh in an episode of Copio Enthusiasm, which I love. Uh yeah. Uh born in um born in Czechoslovakia as was. Done, but, yeah, yes yeah,
1: worked worked a bit with Water Hill I think as well. Um... I
0: honestly can't remember if I've seen Red Heat. Because they all sort of they're in these massive films he made in the eighties, mm, yeah. uh, Arnie. He he worked with Walter Hill.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, Red Heat was Walter Hill. Uh, another Twenty Four Hours. I Don't know if he was in Twenty Four Hours as well. But yeah, he was, he was in that one. Uh,
0: like, Walter Hill did Forty Eight Hours as well. Yeah, Walter Hill's. I, don't, I I ought to see Red Heat then. I thought it was Full Metal like Jacket. A bit, I thought it was just like a mindless Arnie actioner. If it's mm. got more to it than that, I would want to see it. It's um, not bad.
1: It, it's yeah. basically one where he plays a rookie.
0: yeah yeah okay
1: yeah.
0: Um, Action Jackson the film yes. that, that could have made Carl Weathers a star a different quite. <laughs> yes uh, uh, but, but yeah. it didn't oh he was in Moonlighting as well talking to Bruce Willis earlier on uh, I, I really I, I would fear watching Moonlighting now in case it's not as good as I remember
1: I haven't seen a single a very,
0: episode uh, I was very young when it first aired and I remember it being outstanding. Um,
1: I think it's probably one of those programs, like, I think if you watch it now, you'd probably, like, it'd be more nostalgia, and you can probably see. I can see why this was popular at the time. That kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, where do we go from there? So, they're meeting up and... I, yeah, so what, I what's their plot? I can't even remember. They're just selling heroin, basically. They're, 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 they're smuggling and selling
1: her, her, heroin, uh... Uh, and sort of just establish that uh, they're they're not to be trifled with because because Gary Busey is play does play Joshua and um, he's willing to get himself a nasty burn with a lighter
0: at the, at the orders yeah. of the the other thing we found out in in the interim by the way is Aunt Amanda Hansacker's death was murder. Mm. Um, yes, she had drugs in her system, but someone had laced the pills with drain cleaner. So they were saying she'd have been dead within fifteen minutes. Whatever, whatever happened. Yes. Yeah. So it it would be declared a murder. That was just before Briggs and Murtaugh got partnered together. So they they are now. They haven't yet met with um, her father. They're mm-hmm. about to. Um, yeah. But that's it, his next it scene. turns out it's a murder. Yeah. yeah. That next scene is 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 basically that. Um, uh, he Murtaugh does him the courtesy of telling him his daughter was actually murdered. And then um, Hansacker says, well, I've been trying to get hold of you because of what she was involved with. Drugs, yeah. prostitution, porn. And um, so it's quite a fun life, really, but there you go. No, yeah. it's, uh, <laughs> uh, he gets upset and he starts basically saying Murtar owes him a favour because he'd saved his life in Vietnam. We find that out later. Murtar tells Riggs that. And he starts begging Murtar to find the murderers and kill them. And he's not doing it particularly subtly, is he? <laughs> what, in front of everyone, yeah. In front of everyone, just screaming It's just like, my goodness, this is not going to work, is it? Um, <laughs> and then we go to one of the most famous scenes in the film, the suicide jump thing. Um, I love this. What did you think of this, Becca? Did you remember this? Did, had you seen this scene? Because I think it's permeated into pop culture a bit.
2: Well, I think it has a little bit, yeah. It's one of those things that's like, even though I... It's the same, you yeah, know, with, with this, with this film. Um, I think the only probably one I've probably seen is, is the second one. Um, but I say with, it, excuse me, with this scene. Um, it's, it, well, this is one of those films where, like, I've always seen lots of clips from it, and you can see how it does loom large in popular culture, and it's kind of even in sort of films, you know, today, there are still kind of references and callbacks, and. Um, and, you know, references made to it and things like that um, and th- yeah this scene is definitely one that, that does stick in modern memory for sure and it's like even if you maybe haven't seen the film all the way through you'll be familiar with this scene because it's just been referenced so many times you know just in action movies in, gen- in general um, and it was kind of it's sort of instantly familiar even though I'd never seen this film before mm. it was yeah still very familiar unfortunately <laughs> It just shows I, how iconic it is really
0: so. yeah this scene is really really it, i think it was in some of the trailers and things like that but not yeah with all definitely of the I think on, the,
2: on the um the blu-ray release um because there was a like anniversary special edition um and a lot of the trailers do that and also like online as well like um and on the website as well um a lot of the trailers do it seemed like the, the big scene that was figured you know in, in the trailer so it does feature quite heavily but yeah it's quite you know it's, it's very often parodied um you know if you're gonna do like a um sort of a comedy or reference or like a spoof, you know you'll you'll find it in there, and yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a really great scene though. it's really effective. He's distracted him long enough for the inflated cushion to to be put mm-hmm. out. um and of course, we the viewers aren't seeing any of this, so we're still not quite sure how sane this guy is. Yeah, yeah. you really
2: don't know at this still at this point it's, well, it's pretty too, like halfway through the film, but like at this point, you still don't know, Willie, really, won't he? You know what's what's going to happen how's it going to go and it's a real live wire scene and you, you really well it, if, you, if, if you're a bit special like me then you you know you won't you never know you kind of 50 50 it could turn on a dime you never know which way it's going to go
1: it's kind of like i think it kind of shows you how like basically riggs's character his what the way his like um craziness is really someone who just will just snap so he's so for most of the time he he does seem pretty like sort of casual, a bit too casual, reckless, But I think that's just him anyway. But it's th- the real danger is like how he just likes to start sort of build up with just rage because like at this point he's has been very um, maverick, but actually reasonably well thought out and you know because he's like he goes oh, I'm just going to talk to you and he just thought sorry I'm just going to cuff you and then say well you're not going to kill me are you? come on let's
0: just go in the thing with being thought slightly mad as well is yeah he's got to a point where it it kind of doesn't matter whether what he does looks mad
2: Mm.
0: you know a more conventional cop couldn't have done this but he's now at the point um where it's just like i'll sod it i'll just do whatever works for me yeah um
1: but yeah, I do like how it ends with the guy. So he's he's a, he's a stereotypical '80s guy, isn't Like sort of in in a business suit with with his colours up. <laughs> he is, like, like '80s man. Well, with, like, with, film, with a mullet.
2: Like, it sounds a bit cheesy, but obviously there's. Okay, this is gonna sound incredibly like stupid, but I'm it's pretty like, sure he's like, wearing you a like 80s tie as well. Yeah, <laughs> this is it. Well, he should be,
1: anyway.
2: It's a very like masculine movie as well. Um, and there's like a, a thread about like. Oh you're like an eighties man, just just you mentioned like, that Chris that made we thought it was like, what, what is an like nineteen eighties man who's like somebody who's quite tough but also can can show their feelings as well. But yeah, it's, it's very eighties definitely.
1: <laughs> well yeah, I mean in the film they are talking about eighties like, men and like um how like they're getting more emotional now. Um uh, yeah, I wonder if that was a sort hence, of like a new, new man sort of thing, I don't know. Yeah, it's that kinda of, that kind of thing. But yeah, anyway, the, the, this guy like goes from being suicidal to like saying, Help, help, he's trying to kill me <laughs> So...
2: Yeah, that's a quick. That's a quite the a transition, there, isn't
1: it? So, oh, he, he cured his suicidal thoughts. Then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: he, he's alright. It's all good. <sighs> uh,
1: and then uh, Mertal like goes ape. <laughs> basically,
0: <laughs> he's like, "Get it!" Funny the way he goes ape, though. Yeah, it really. Yeah, is it's, like, it's It's like uh, he, he, you know, Riggs is supposedly the mad one, but Murtor is is yeah, the, the, shit. He, yeah, he, is the he is the closest to completely losing his grip. Here, he's not in. He's not completely in control of himself at this point.
2: No, he's he's literally he's just on that edge, isn't he? He's he's going to lose it.
1: But he's kind of like like the the teacher headmaster who is just. Ah, he like when he's caught caught uh, a people who's done something like it's really, really ended bad and he's like Get in here, get in like it's about to give up barking. <laughs> um so they they have had it basically, uh by like, you know, do you like, do you wanna die? And, then, and and he actually pulls out gets his own gun and says like go on, you go on, you just do it. Um and he almost does it or he seems to almost do it. He yeah. kind of gives him like that uh, sort
0: of glare. Obviously, I know he doesn't kill himself here. Yeah. yeah, But it's a very tense scene. It's really well directed yeah. as well. Again, it could come off so hammy, the close-ins on the eyes and things like that. It, it could look like a parody. It, it's just perfect. And it, at this point, he is... Motor just stops it happening and it's just like, right, you're not you're not um you're not great you're not just trying to get a pension.
1: Mm. Um and then Ricky goes, I'm hungry I, I I like how it ends so He just goes, I'm hungry, I'm gonna get something to eat. They're they're What just walks out. Um Um yeah, so we have Murta on, on the big eighties telephone. <laughs> Calling the therapist. Uh
0: sorry, say that again.
1: Yeah, you got um you got Mertart on the big eighties telephone. Yeah, no, they are funny. Um, Calling call the um, the therapist, which is informed, which which
2: never that's like a phone and a half. Oh my god, it's so but, big.
1: But it, it strikes me as like it's a bit odd seeing like you know you're you're ringing a therapist talking about someone who is literally in the car you're 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 sitting you're sitting
2: on. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I mean I'm, I'm sure Luke's so can probably hear what's going on with the conversation. <laughs>
2: No but, confidentiality I mean, whatsoever.
1: But anyhow, maybe he doesn't care. <laughs> uh, p- yeah, p- they p- they
2: mustn't mind too much.
1: Yeah. So basically, it's the just like fine. I
0: mean, it's just whipping through. I don't know how long into the film's running time we are at this point, but it's just it is really, really perfectly paced.
2: Yeah. It does kind of whip through, doesn't it? I mean, even though like by today's standards, it's quite a short film, like an hour and a half hour and forty something like that. And it just whizzes you know whizzes through um i don't know how because i hope well apart from the second one i don't know how it progresses you know if they get longer if they're shorter if they're the same sort of running time i haven't looked into it at this point unfortunately um which a bit longer. Where, like, they, yeah a little bit here and there but yeah this this one um certainly zips through its pacing um yeah i can't really fault that at all it part of it didn't really there wasn't any part of sort of dragged for me i guess
0: no and, and they bond quite they start to sort of bond a little bit now joking over smoking in the car and stuff mm. like that and uh, you know he's gonna buy him a 50th birthday present and... yes yeah, it's uh, like yeah
1: they, they, I think it sort of seems to be like when when he finds out that like, his birthday he's like you know he makes a crack about right? maybe we'll live long enough to buy a new present yeah um, that that kind of thing uh, but the, they've, they've just got a lead on um, on the hot um and and, and basically basic basically he was like sort of funding her essentially who she was working for so they just like go and go ask ask questions and they, they seem to be just let in so they thought oh that's that's an open invite that's fine and they just sort of like sort of stroll in and they get shot at
0: yeah um, if these people could shoot straight they'd be fucked wouldn't they I mean they are <laughs> go in yeah um I, I really like Myattar at the end of this, actually, um, because uh, he shoots him in the leg, and he's like giving him the lecture about I shot him in the leg, so I can interrogate him now. <laughs> but um, just as uh, just as they get him to his feet, he produces a gun, and of course Rick <laughs> shoots him, and he's straight into the pool, wrapped in sort of the pool cover.
1: Yeah. It, it's one um, of those weird things we never properly like, get a good look at him. We only see him like water no, when he's not like. not
0: really. That that could be anyone. I can't even picture the guy in my head now.
1: But um, yeah, but yeah, no. So um, Riggs saves his life, um, and then it, then yeah, we, we cut after that. It's a bit of a he sort of thanks him, and he's like, "Well, that hurt to say." Yeah. Okay.
0: So we get we get a dinner scene next, yeah. Week, um, it and fact- it's just his eldest daughter can't take her eyes off Riggs. Yeah, um, and I just love the fact that like his wife is a terrible, terrible cook
1: yeah she seems to be like get like a, a kicking that's that like a, brown a, stuff <laughs> 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 yeah it's, it's like, like a... it Roger you are being brown. an asshole <laughs> I think it was
0: meant to be a roast yeah yeah. Like, suddenly Roger becomes like a fucking stand-up comedian for five <laughs> minutes basically <laughs> just you
1: know his wife but yeah it's always that thing where you get when he starts showing off a bit and starts like being a bit really sarcastic in front of his wife and you <laughs> yeah. like, all right um,
0: yeah, but this is just you know them bonding really. That's the yeah. whole point of this scene. We don't really need to say too yeah. much about that. I don't think so. Um, we don't really
1: talk about the kids rapping. Um,
0: oh, yeah, brilliant. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think just Riggs just felt nice being amongst a family. Mm.
1: Yeah, this work on a boat. They established that you know if I just got a boat, he's that's a work in progress. Yeah. And, um, they're talking about like, you know, Roger's pretty happy that he seems like oh, the, the case is pretty tight, you know, it, 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 it seems logical, you know, we showed up, he started shooting, obviously, he, it would imply it was, it was probably him because we showed up, you know, case closed kind of thing. Riggs yeah. is like, well, I don't know, It deep. just, yeah, yeah, it's just a bit too yeah. simple, isn't yeah. Um... Life doesn't work that way, kind of, that kind of thing.
0: And then they split up for the evening and Myrtle sits down to watch some porn.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we do get a scene with um, as Riggs goes. He's it's just
0: three naked women having, having a shower. and
1: <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's supping on beer. Um, watching. But again, I like think it's kind of like um, a little bit of Riggs... Um, sorry, not Rigs. Mertal's eyes open up a little bit because we have a bit of um, one of the powers I have with the, the beginning, with his daughter, like sort of growing up, like, wearing like a like a like a sexy outfit or something for New Year's Eve, and he's mm. like, God, don't even want to think about that. And then now he's actually watching someone else's kid or sort of someone that, someone that he knows being like dragged into yeah. it. I mean, I've just of...
0: made a bit of a joke about it, but the film. Again handles the scene very well. there's, there's hmm. never any suggestion of arousal in this, it's just deep sadness. Were... And it's something and it's something he has to see rather than yeah. he wants to see. Um Though I did he, yeah. though
1: I did wonder though, like what would happen if his wife came down and caught him. <laughs> it's
0: for work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll yeah, well, work in McDonald's, but so what? <laughs> um where do you think we get the mayonnaise from? Um, yeah, he notices she has a twin sister as yeah. well in the in the thing, and they go to the shooting range. They've got this thin explanation, and there's a bit of comedy in this because Myrtle's a good shot. Riggs is an outstanding shot, like one of the best in the world.
1: Like like ridiculous, like
0: like no one can do that kind of thing. Um. Well, he he said something about. He killed someone from a mile away, sniper yeah. someone, and he said there's maybe seven. I can't remember if he said seven or twelve or something like that men mm. in the world could do that. So he's yeah. in the top. You yeah. know, he is an elite marksman.
1: Killing's the you only know, thing I'm good at. That kind of thing. It's like, oof, that's dark. Uh, yeah. What next? Uh, yeah, so basically they're just talking through this. Okay, fine, well, let's let let's just like say, for example, let, let's just sort of. Top, for example, let's just say we were wrong. Cause, uh, let's just say it was like the Dixie who was like the the witness, the, the is a prostitute. Because they, um, yeah, one of, it's one of the key points that uh, Riggs mentioned that like before the scene is that that's not her. Apparently, that's not her area. So why, why was she there to begin with? So, so let's, let's just let's yeah, just the say prostitute she
0: did. is on the street and then yeah. calls in because you know I saw the whole thing. Mm. So they just go all right, Well, let's just say it was her, right? You know,
1: like, you know, blah blah. blah. And then you just talk through it and they think, well, that that kind of go, that kind of fits, that kind of that kind of matches with what what's ha- what's happened. Oh, well, yeah, we'll, we'll go with it. So they go to pay uh, Dixie a visit, and
0: uh, the house blows up. <laughs> yeah. So they're definitely trying to silence people.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a bunch of kids with uh, who's well, like watching over, around there at the time. So they kind of um, ask one of them questions. As uh, a what, what, what's what's the kid's name?
0: Uh... Which kid? <sighs> sorry.
1: The the kids the the question one the kids don't they? You,
0: you... Oh yeah 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 yeah. Um... Not Alfred. That was it. No. I, I was about to say Marvin or something. But yeah. yeah, Alfred. It is Alfred. Don't tell him Alfred, <laughs> yeah. which is basically a recycled dad's army joke, but yeah yeah, yeah.
1: and um, yeah, so basically get a description they yep. Riggs finds uh like explosive, which is like kind of very technical stuff, and you know the the kid points out uh the tattoo on Riggs's arm, which is like something he got in like in the armed forces so yeah good, and he but... said he has
0: what exactly the same one hmm. and he said like it or exactly like it sort of thing and it's, he's got that tattoo and it's a forces tattoo isn't it mm. so he's like okay right well special forces my, uh, you know, expert sort of
1: stuff so mm. he knows like sort of okay this has kind of gone from like something a bit more serious now um, and do we go uh, do we go to um, sorry, just sort of is it? Yeah, the Hudsacker's funeral, don't you? The Hudsacker funeral, so we are at the funeral of a daughter Yeah So they are basically gone like, right something, Something's big going on There's something Yeah,
0: that, it's, that it's not, something not something she was involved with It's something you were involved with Yeah Um, And he's been involved in, basically, heroin smuggling. It takes some getting out of him. But, yeah, ex-AIA and Special Forces. And I think Riggs was Special Forces. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was a unit called Shadow Company.
1: Um, And then they, not very subtly, show up and shoot him.
0: Yeah. Not very subtle at
1: all. I mean, I'm I'm surprised no-one heard a fucking helicopter come in, but... um... It's that movie thing, isn't it, where the helicopter just sort of just comes out of nowhere?
0: <laughs> oh yeah, but it's like silencers make guns completely silent in films, yeah. don't they? Which they're not. It's something like that with helicopters. You know, if you watch any of the last four years where Trump was being interviewed, right by fucking Marine One, he'd be screaming over this bloody thing. You know, yeah. it's like they are loud. But there you go. Um, so is dead, and uh, Joshua basically shot him. Yeah.
1: Um uh, they i uh, that kind of marks them because they think oh he it was with cops. We yeah. Don't know what they told them, so we're gonna have to
0: We're gonna have basically... to get them Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Um so now they'll have um
0: the scene where uh they they basically shoot rigs, don't they? Yeah they shoot Riggs it's actually really well done he goes up to yeah. a prostitute trying to get sort of information about this Amanda Hunsucker yeah. and, and he's really like personable about it as well he's just yeah. like I'm not interested in busting you or anything I just need to know and then Joshua sort of comes by in a car fires at him he goes flying through like a shop window uh, but Riggs was wearing a bulletproof vest um, and he said he says to Myrtle that's the same guy that shot Hunsucker yeah. So um, they now believe he's dead. So maybe they can take advantage of that.
1: Yeah. So they get the police to sort of, sort of kind of confirm that he's dead. Um, but then, but they find out um, that someone matching his description was near uh, Murtaugh's house, and they've taken his daughter.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That, I think that's one of the few things in the film that I thought was entirely predictable. I thought that 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 was likely to be where it was going to go because it's all about mm. sort of fathers and daughters, and l- losing women close to you and things like mm. that. So, um, yeah. Then what?
1: And then basically, um, Riggs having that conversation with him, saying they're going to get bloody on this one. Going to yeah. have to, because you yeah, know they're not going to let go. Yeah. But, so, um, the, yeah, the they have defined, so the plan is to to meet them. To basically sort of hand over in the desert, basically, so yeah, trade we, we, for...
0: And we've established Riggs is an excellent sniper.
1: Yeah. So, the plan is they're going to have a sort of bit of a sort of shootout in the desert, um, which sadly doesn't go according to plan. I mean, they nearly get, nearly do it, but um, the the general sneaks up on Riggs before he could take out any more of them. um but yeah, it's a, it's a really good action scene. It's like, uh, not really expected. It sort of goes straight to a desert. Um, but yeah. And then basically we get to, uh, the torture. Torture stuff.
0: Yeah, which I've always remembered. It's like it's like water and electricity, isn't it?
1: Mm. Featuring one of the henchmen from Die Hard.
0: <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. He, um... he, he's in a lot of stuff though, that
1: guy. he's Ali Long, I think is he's called. If you look at he... He's in all kinds of stuff, you know, Die Hard, even Bill and Uh even 24 as well. He's always playing like henchmen of some description.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. he, Yeah, he, he says that he, yeah, he turns out he knew McAllister. Hmm. Um.
1: Yeah, they sort of, yeah they have this yeah that was a conversation where. Um... Sorry, who, who knew McAllister?
0: It turns out Riggs knew McAllister. Oh also. yeah,
1: he's kind of, kind of like heard of each other, haven't they?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um... The interrogation thing. Um, it, it, yeah, it's just basically it's shower of water and then sort of battery cables mm. and sponges and all the rest of it. Turns out Riggs eventually headbutts him and then sort of crushes him. Breaks yeah. his neck with his with his legs basically. Yeah. Um. The, yeah. And the, Murtar's the just taking gets... a severe beating with mm. salt being poured into his wounds literally.
1: Ouch.
0: And he, he doesn't know anything so he can't get it to stop. Mm. Um. But yeah, Riggs has escaped and he gets Murtar out as well.
1: And then, yeah, the basically a bit of a sheet out, um a yeah. in a in, in a in, in a club. Which is always yep. like an ACs thing, isn't it? Um yeah. Technoir. <laughs> yes, pretty much. Mm. And um yeah, Murtal manages sort of to get um, get the general yeah. And sort of ch- shooting him and the grenade goes off in the car. And yeah. um yeah uh, Joshua is does gets away after a chase and they kind of rendezvous at um at uh, uh, Motar's house, destroying yeah. it just before Christmas, which is lovely.
0: There was there was um, only a handful of things I would always remember. Um, and one of them is Mel Gibson saying to Gary Boosie, do you want a shot at the title?
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know why that stuck to me. The, the fight they have is actually really well um, choreographed.
1: Yeah. But it's kind uh, of fun. like very flashy. It's kind of like very cutty,
0: isn't it? It almost feels like... Um... It, it feels... It feels actually more like a martial arts film. Yeah. In the way it's cut together and choreographed. But um, it, it's just that these two guys were at their peak at this point, and, and Mel Gibson was a lot better physical actor than I remember. And uh, I just remember this being quite brutal, actually.
1: Yeah. Um, they He kind of, like, chokes him out and then... They both end up shooting him because it's it, it's kind of simple. Die of like, oh, we got the we got the bad guy, but he, he just just as he's like, yeah, um, he th- Al he's just should some... have just
0: popped him from Die Hard. <laughs> yeah, <something>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: It's like, where you... <laughs> yeah they go? Where did you come from? I was like, you'll see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, so
0: yeah, they kill them, and basically Christmas Day, he goes to his wife's grave. Uh, tells her he loves her, and then they go. Uh, he goes to the Myrtles house just to give the bullet over,
2: hmm. and
0: rian answers it. Um, and he said, I, "I won't be needing this anymore." And as he turns to go, Roger sort of chases him and says, "You know, come in and have a bloody awful Christmas t- dinner." <laughs> yeah.
1: with us. I'm I'm not facing this alone. <laughs> yeah. If
0: if things okay. are. You- uh, by the way, I think your daughter likes me. It's so. <laughs> like brilliant. <laughs> and uh, the dog goes in, and that's it. End of the film. Yeah. Um, my final thoughts on it are, are quite simply that I, I think it's three quarters outstanding. That I, I was willing us through that last bit of conversation because the action's quite well done, but the bits I'm responding to are, are, are just the way they talk with each other. I, I'd quite happy watch them sort of. I, I'd quite happy watch them sort of sit in a diner or sit in their car or whatever. I I, I, I couldn't have been less interested in the plot. But that's not a knock on the film. I just think these two are perfect. I think, I think the film is so good. I mean the film the film is well written for all my reservations about Shane Black. It 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 does sort of set up a payoff on all the things it's meant to do. Um, but it's just brought alive by two guys who were just absolutely born to be in films together. And that's yeah. all I really wanted to say. And I think you can tell they generally get on well with each other. It really comes across on screen, doesn't it? What you would think, those they get on quite well in life, yeah. Yes, I would say so. I mean, you never know for certain, and some people are genuinely that good of, at acting, but um, yeah, I think so. I think I think they were probably pretty pally, Becca.
2: Excuse me, I had to meet had a bit of a cough. Um, yeah, no, I agree. I do kind of feel that the friendship that they have um, is really palpable and believable on screen, and you kind of, I, you know, I reading around it, it seems that like it's spilled over into real life as well, they become firm friends on and off screen. Okay, and yeah, definitely. And, it, you know, as, as you said, some some sort of partnerings and pairings may seem, you know, only kind of, you know, like it worked well on screen, and then behind the scenes, they were at each other's throats. But here, that's not the case at all, you know, you kind of get the impression that they, you know, as as fun, you know, as um, camaraderie was effective on screen, as well as off. So, yeah, definitely agree.
1: Yeah, uh, for me, it's a bit of a, an 80s staple, really. It's a like, st- staple um, 80s action movie. Um, a lot more to it if you delve in. You know, the performances are great as well. Um, I think it, it's kind of what we I mean. Dave often says is a, a, a perfect movie, in the sense that there isn't a lot of stuff wasted. Everything's like either developing character or plot. It doesn't waste any time. That There are a few kind of... I don't know. I don't know which cuts you see. Yeah, uh, you've seen have you seen uh, the
0: director's cut at all. What's the difference? There's a
1: few scene. I think de- there's definitely one scene in particular. There's one where, Tell uh, me the
0: scene, and I'll tell you if I've seen it.
1: It's the. It's have you seen the one where uh, Briggs goes to the the school, the school shooting.
0: No, I don't think I have.
1: Uh, well, basically, there's like a, there's a like a guy like with a, with a rifle like shoots shoots up at school where he, where he shows up at. As like get you know, gets a call, you know, and they, they they all just like go to it and think, oh well, Swat you know, Swat's already here, you've he already got it in control, and he sees like a kid getting carried out, like injured, and he just sort of goes, no, oh, no, I'll I'll go and start asking questions, uh, how good a shot is he? Is he doing this? Like you know, okay, and he's what he just strolls in, <laughs> just just with his handgun, and then just
0: shoots him himself. Uh, I've not seen that version. It, it, you've it's, just, I, I couldn't be sure. It didn't ring any bells, but you've just described it. I've not seen that. No, it's
1: kind of. I, th- I think you can probably find it on YouTube. It's in the deleted scene somewhere. Yeah, um, it's one of the if you have it, but um, you can probably find it on YouTube. There's also, there's also like a scene as well, like that goes after when he. When we leaves Smirnoff's house after like the the first time he has dinner there. He he, he goes. He kind of picks up prostitute. Uh, but rather than sort of pay her, you just like pay you to watch TV with her. It's like, oh, with the free studios on? And like in about twenty minutes, before you can make it.
0: See, yeah, that was described in one of the plot synopses I read, yeah. and I don't remember the scene in the film. That yeah. tells me why. So I think uh, the, the, the thing is, the school shooting's not in there. So I think yeah. the synopsis I read was like someone had almost written it from memory and put most of the theatrical, but some of the.
1: It it can probably depend it's one of those things where like some things have different cuts. But um yeah.
0: Some they're, they're, countries may
1: have yeah. different cuts
0: as well. Don't know who wrote yeah. it in one. But no, I've not seen that.
1: But um yeah, they're, again they're probably decent sort of scenes in themselves. But um I think the only one that probably doesn't need to be there is the
0: like the one at the school. Uh, but um it's still worth worthwhile watching. Though. It but, doesn't waste any time. I mean yeah. the, 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 the... The thing where I'm saying about the third act, it wasn't it wasn't a poor third act at all. I, I quite enjoyed it. It just the things I was res- responding most to in the film wasn't actually the action, even though the action was done fairly well. No. Um, I think it's, a, it's a, just a really well made film, and I, I can see why it's had the lifespan it's had. There is some opinion out there. I don't know if it's a mi- majority or a significant minority, uh, but a lot of people will say Lethal Weapon Two is stronger. Um, and I don't know it's just a sort of little marker for something to think about as as I sort of prep next week
1: yeah it's kind of it's kind of a lot more um, comedic and you've got Joe Pesci in there so you've got a lot more of, like, of the banter between the two yeah and it's less but it's less dark but you still have plenty of the violence
0: yeah no so, I, I know it didn't start getting toned down till the third that's where Reni Russo joins yeah. isn't it yeah um, yeah. Um. So anyway, um. I do feel like I'm doing the series something of a disservice, Chris, because I know nothing about it at all. You don't know anything. Yeah, I I know I I know it stars Mel and Kim or something, <laughs> and uh, and uh, uh,
1: Russell Crowe.
0: Russell Crowe, yeah.
2: And, uh, and Bruce Willis.
0: And Danny Dyer. And uh
2: And Grand Al Bush, from license to kill.
0: Yeah. Grand lesbian Bush. <laughs> well, that's, uh, just just a guess. Um
1: But that's kind of embarrassing because, you know, I've seen it quite a few times and my memory's just drawn a blank now.
0: Um I think that's because we're not knowledgeable people in general. And I I think Do you have that...
2: any fruity moments in this film? Are there there any fruit is what I mean. Not fruity moments, but
0: um uh, I don't uh, uh, know. I don't know, maybe in the director's cut he's, you know, one of them met a banana and winked at the camera. <laughs> I don't, I don't recall banana. any
1: fruit. The, the only food I kind of recall is like the apart from like the, the delicious frozen tarts they bring out um is like the eggnog that that's just like sort of that gets shot through the holes as
0: as a uh, like I've never had eggnog I don't know what it tastes no, like. No, neither have I.
2: Yeah, we don't really have it over here, do we? I don't think it's more of an American. So, thing.
0: in some respects, we're also not knowledgeable on eggnog, Chris, which is worrying. We're not. We're not knowledgeable on Christmas mm. films. We're not knowledgeable on Christmas drinks. Um, and I just think we've asked people to listen to this for over an hour and a half now. Okay. And it's embarrassing, Chris. I don't know what we do about it.
1: Is Becca knowledgeable? Let's find out. No.
0: <laughs> All right, we found out. Good night, folks. Uh, thank
2: you I've gone down the road of some like general facts so I shall okay. get on the fun facts next week uh, Fun fact number one for the opening suicide scene Jackie Swanson actually performed her own stunts for the film
1: She actually uh, jumped out of uh, the window did, Yeah she did it She, okay, wrote,
2: she received a charge from like the top the film's top stunt people and performed her own stunts in this film Did you know that? No you do Fun, awesome. uh, fun fact number two Richard Donner ended up obviously directing all four films yeah. um, but I think I might have covered, covered this in a previous, probably a Star Trek movie. Ed Nimue was offered to direct, um, but he was obviously too busy doing other films, and plus he also admitted um, that action films weren't really his forte. Uh, fun fact number three, obviously you mentioned um, the fight choreography. Um, actors learned various martial arts for this um, for this film for all their roles including Jiu Jitsu, uh, Capoeira, Jailhouse Rock and Taekwondo. Fun fact number four, an in interview with Denner Geek. Chain Black says that he is obsessed with Christmas. Um, because it provides, a quotation marks, a unifying backdrop uh, when different things can play out under a unifying heading. So I think that's why it's one of those times of years where everybody comes together and everything is just kind of really amplified. But yeah, he, I would agree that he is obsessed with Christmas. Um,
1: I think it's come from a bit more of an uh, expectation now. I think that's probably why he does it. It's like... but
2: I Yeah, can... it kind of ramps everything up, doesn't it?
1: Um, just, to, just to interrupt... Um... I think I've just read on here that apparently Mal character was meant to be 38. Oh, okay. Okay. So that's they're, fun both, they're,
2: they're both. So, okay. yeah,
0: you've you got a bit of they're age gap there as well between for them. They're a decade older than their, the actors playing them. Okay. So that would mean late 60s he would have been, late teens. Yeah. To his 20s. Yeah, that's about right. That would sound right to me. okay. They were married for 11 years, up to two years before, so 13 years off that age. You got married at about 25. Yeah, yeah okay, fair enough.
1: Any, any, any other facts?
2: A uh, bonus fun fact. I think this is probably one of the film, first films, or the first film, to show a like, then-modern cell phone in America, which had just come out in 1986. And yeah, it, was, it was literally a brick. <laughs> I think that's really cool. It just shows like how modern and cutting, you know, cutting edge that the film was.
1: That's how much money Ritter uh, must have been on just to afford one of them. Imagine that.
2: Well, this is it. It's like you probably had to rent it, or you know, you had to carry a giant, I don't know, big device with you, or charge it up, wind it up, and charge it up. Wind
0: it up. Yeah. <laughs> it just <laughs> the the look like yeah, we'll be in have to wind you, It reminds sure. me of Mr. Chumley Warner sketch where they had a full size phone like. Strapped to
2: their chest. Yeah, and those great big like GPS type things. Yeah, but that, that, okay. that was you know that was cutting edge technology and you know back in the eighties it wasn't as you know it was just starting to become more prevalent.
0: Oh, of course, yeah.
2: Um, it was not ubiquitous like it is now, and I think that kind of it also shows like the status as well. Like you know you're really rich or you're like you know you're doing well at at your work, um, or you're corrupt, you know loads of dirty money that you can afford a cell phone. So.
0: Yeah, I'm just thinking of the sort of sequels now and where we go with those sorts of things. The mullet does go by the fourth film, but there you go. Anyway, um, <laughs> as for the nineties
2: uh, by that point, oh my
0: gosh. as for social media, you can find me at plasticid 1976 on Twitter.
1: Yeah, you can find me at Symmetrites. Uh, you can also find all the odd episodes on UK.
2: and you can find us on Twitter at The Expected Talk. Don't forget to search us. At, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Podbean, Podbay. Spotify, anywhere you like to listen to podcasts. Um, Wherever you find us, don't forget to rate us, review us, and share us with all your friends. Thank you.
0: So next week, Patsy Kensett, Fanny Batter, (laughs) which means
2: (laughs) Becca! Do you expect the talk will return with Lethal Weapon 2.